Are you tired of losing sales? Do you wish you had proven strategies that would help you increase your sales today, not in three months? You could Google it, but Google is in the information business. And I am in the transformation business. Welcome, Welcome. to the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast, where we will share three actionable sales strategies that you can implement in your business today to increase your sales tomorrow. This includes tactics, tips, and techniques from industry experts, influencers, and sales pros to help you shorten your learning curve and increase your bottom line. The more sales strategies we simplify for you, the shorter your sales cycle and the more money in the bank. Now your host, host, host. multi-award-winning sales expert and international speaker, Wesleyan Greer. Hello, and welcome to the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Today, I have a big treat for you guys. I have Murad Saidi. Think I got it right? Did I get it right? Yeah, you did. Awesome. Yay. People always butcher my name, so I really try to... Give people's names right. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you guys a little bit about Murad. He combines his entrepreneurial drive with a strong technical foundation in the life sciences and management consulting world to connect underserved patient communities with resources and support. Murad's breadth of experience enables him to provide a unique perspective in partnering with patients, physicians, and policymakers to streamline the healthcare continuum using digital solutions. Prior to co-founding WeHealth, Murad worked as a management consultant for Eversana, where he partnered with life sciences companies to deliver strategic business solutions for improving patient outcomes and enabling broad access to innovative treatments. While there, he noticed Farmer's clear inability to mobilize digital solutions for discovering and developing treatment, which further hindered market access and product launches. Through WeHealth, Murad strives to combine the power of crowdsourcing and social advocacy for supporting health equity initiatives by building patient-driven communities for healing together. He has a BS in biology and an MBS in biotech management. Awesome. You're a smart guy. (laughs) Smart guy doing all kind of good stuff here. Thank you. Well, I mean, it's a pleasure to be here with you and I really appreciate, you know, you inviting me to be a part of this. And I, I really, first off, would like to say, I admire what you're doing here with the Snack Sales Podcast. It's just, it's really incredible. And I think there's so many insights that people can gain from just, you know, 15, 20 minutes of hearing, you know, some people chat, you know, experts in the industry, whatever it may be. So again, I'm happy to be here and look forward to the conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, This is definitely a passion project for me. I like to bring in industry experts and influencers and have you guys really share with the audience what you've done to build business. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. So it's a bit of a interesting journey to say the least. I mean, to get to this point, it's been a, a lot going on, right? So I'd like to take a second and kind of go back to kind of elucidate, you know, how we got here. Um, So in college, I was pre-med, born, you know, two parents, immigrants from Iran. And I mean, you really had three options, doctor, lawyer, or engineer, as I'm sure many of you know, right? So it was towards the end of my college career when I started applying to medical schools. And my brother was uh, in medical school at the time going into Georgetown residency, always looked up to him and and was inspired by him. And, And with talking with him, I realized like, 
this is not the right path for me. And I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of us that are pre-med, you think about, you're like, medical school is my only option, right? But it became clear to me that that wasn't the right path for me. So I started looking at what else is available to me. And that's when I came across KGI, Keck Graduate Institute. It's a place where it kind of combines, you know, business, science, and really brings that, bridges that gap. And it was just immediate, you know, it was like a, a light went off, like, this is where you belong, right? And I mean, coming to graduate school, I still had really no clue where I'm going to end up. What am I going to go into? So it was, you know, that uncertainty was a little, uh, it was a little scary, right? But I mean, coming to KGI, I was introduced to WeHealth through an independent research project. So the founder, Will Rash, at the time, he was a, at Baxter, a large pharmaceutical company. He, had, he was leading 80 people, running a $25 million budget, like a boss in the industry, right? And yeah. I mean, I saw him and immediately I was just drawn towards this guy and what he was trying to do. He had literally left, risked it all left everything at Baxter to start this company called WeHealth. And I mean, really what WeHealth is all about is we're empowering patients, advocates, and researchers with digital tools to advance the development of life-changing medicines and also connecting underserved patients to those medicines and other health resources that they may be interested in. So immediately I knew, I was like, this is where I belong, right? And I mean, working with Will throughout grad school, was just an incredible opportunity for me. But then the time came, you know, you graduate, you got a bunch of student loans. <laughs> and like, I, I'm sure some of many of your audience can relate there. Um, right. and, and I had to get a job. And management consulting was something that just, I was kind of drawn towards. A lot of my friends were looking at that as an option. And that really kind of was where I ended up. So, I mean, fast forward two years, right? And I mean, Consulting, I'm sure you know, is quite an intense endeavor, to say the least. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I was commuting from the East Bay. So you're talking like, wake up at five, two hour commute on a bus to BART Mm -hmm. to get to the office and then back home, you know, and while I was consulting, I was still a part of WeHealth doing whatever I could to like facilitate our success. And I mean, it's I think one key lesson there is like, don't be afraid to fail, you know, and, mm. and also don't be afraid to try new things because you mm. never know what may fit your skills, your passion. For me, I've done so many different things in my life, whether it's, you know, trying to start a clothing company or trying to start an entertainment services company and it, all those things, like, even though they were somewhat successful and it brings you money, you still deep down, you realize something's missing. You're like, Mm. is this the path that I want to be on? Right. And I mean, yeah. And it wasn't until I discovered WeHealth where I was like, this is it, you know, like this is where I belong. Mm. And that became very clear to me, you know, after two years in management consulting, working with the pharmaceutical industry, you see things that you may, you know, I'd rather not, you know, share, but it's just the way that they go about, you know, bringing drugs to market and identifying patients and all that stuff, like it's a bit of a mess. It's a slippery slope, I would say. And it just became clear to me. It's like even further reinforced, like we health is where I belong. So, I mean, fast forward two years, right? COVID hits and I see this, I'm like, this is an opportunity. I have the chance to literally stop doing what I don't really want to do anymore and pursue my true passion. And Mm. that's 
I mean, the rest is kind of history. Been full time with WeHealth for the past year, helping, you know, countless patients, minority groups, and really just helping connect people with resources. And that's what I love to do. And I'm just excited to be here where we're at today. So you, you share a lot of nuggets within your, um, that path to get here. And I think a couple that I want to pull out is the don't be afraid to fail. And I think a lot of times, you know, you mentioned immigrant parents and there, there are only a couple options, right? I am a first generation American also. My parents are Jamaican. And so growing up, you're right. It's, uh, you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be an engineer, but whatever you do, you need to not just get one degree, you must get at least two or three degrees. Like this is not an option. <laughs> so I completely understand what you mean. And I know in college, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. But then I said, oh, I think I want to get a PhD in chemistry. Right. Yeah. And so, but it was still like, I'm going to go to grad school. Yeah. It's just like in your head. And so when you start your life and you're like, oh, there are other things I can actually do so I can do other things with this degree. And I think one thing that really stood out to me was the fact that you said, okay, now I have this master's, I'm going to do this because this is what I'm supposed to do, right? So I'm gonna take the bus four hours a day, right? But you always had your hand and your passion, right? And so really, I think that that is so, so impactful because there's so many people that are stuck in a, whether it's a position or it's a company or sometimes even as entrepreneurs, that it's like, I don't really want to do this, right? And so I want you to talk about how you, even though you had one foot in and one foot out, what really drove you to say, I'm all in? That's a fantastic question. And I mean, thanks for sharing. I mean, it seems like we have a lot of, a lot of similarities in that experience. But I mean, the biggest thing for me was that in the back of my mind, I always knew like, this is like, we health is where I belonged. And I never wanted to let that get away from me. So what, whatever I could do whenever I had the time, I mean, you're talking consulting 80 to hundred hour weeks. Like you don't really have that much time. You don't really have a life, but weekends, you know, night times on my commutes, I would make time to continue building this company because it's what I believed in. And I think it's important to take a step back and say like, it's not a straight journey to finding your passion. I think it's about trying a lot of different things, but always keeping in mind like, hey, where are my skill sets best aligned? And what do I really care about? What drives me, you know, like more than like you eat and sleep, right? What keeps you going? And yeah. I think it's important for people to really kind of take some time to take like stock of their life and say, you know, is this where I want to be in 10 years? And I think a lot of us are kind of, that's a scary question to ask yourself, yep. but it's important because that really allows you to make decisions that will set you up for success. And I mean, you, you, a startup, we both know, is no easy feat. You know, anybody that tells you that it's an easy opportunity, oh, it's great, you have so much flexibility, so much time. No, it's quite the contrary. I work more than I did in consulting. But I love it. So it's not really right. work, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's really important for your audience to take away. And another thing I, I will say is like, chasing your passion is one thing, but prioritize mm. helping others. And mm. I say this because, you know, I think a lot of us get caught up in like, you want the wealth, you want the recognition, you want all this other stuff, right? 
But what we really need to take a step back is like help others. Because if you are solving a problem that aligns with your skills and your passions while you're also helping others, that, I mean, you're making an impact. Those people become your champions. Those are your biggest cheerleaders and they support you and enable your success. It really, yeah. I, I think it's, people see it as a one-sided thing. It's not, you know, you're helping yeah. solve a problem and you're engaging with people. Business is, you know, building relationships, partnerships, interacting with right. people, your customers. And I think that's just something that's super important to keep in mind as well. Whenever you're going after, you know, starting a company or whatever it may be, joining a startup. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I have uh, my three P's that I always talk to people about. And so it's people. Mm hmm passion not passion you got me saying passion now it's people process and profits and a lot of times when i'm working with companies they're like oh no 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 we got we need sales we need to increase we need to increase i'm like okay but you can't do anything without having the right people yep. on the team right and when we talk about people it's internal and external so how are you helping your customers and how are you ensuring that your employees are comfortable, right? Are confident, feel like this is a place to work. And a question that I often ask people when they're in that mode of, should I keep doing this job or should I become a sales manager? Should I start a business? I ask them, what could you do for 80 hours a week and not get a paycheck and still be happy? That's, and that's a fact. It's so hard for people to answer that question, it right? Because it's like no paycheck? no paycheck, no paycheck at all, right? And so I think that really, when we align what our passions are, the profits come. For sure. If you're so focused on making a dollar or doing this or doing that, you get fuzzy. And that's when you go away from your true, true values and your true desires. And I mean, we, I think maybe now it's the four piece. You've got to throw passion in there. It's, I think it's a big part of a lot of, I mean, what we discuss, like it enables success, right? And yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more in kind of how you laid that out. That's wonderful. So tell me, um, we have talked about your startup. We've talked about your path to get there, but I'm curious, what do you think? What is the one biggest tip that you would give someone to really increase their sales when they're in this startup environment? Great question. And I think it comes back to something that we touched upon is networking and partnerships. I mean, mm. we have so many tools available to us. LinkedIn. I mean, you can literally find anyone, friends of friends, you know, leverage your network. And then when you do find those people, let's say you don't know that person, right? Know your audience and ask the right questions. Everybody is willing to talk about what yeah. they're doing, they're excited to share with others and they want people yeah. to notice, you know? And if you are reaching out to them through LinkedIn or all these different like digital tools that are available to us, it's a great way to form new relationships. And I think mm -hmm. like that's a huge, huge part of just success in any venture is being a, like, and you said it as well, team, right? So I think it starts yeah. to take a step back. It starts with the team. Who are you? I would rather be focused on a B idea with an all-star team than have an A idea with a dysfunctional team. I mean, and Absolutely. that's and that's something that I've learned, you know, with WeHealth specifically. People come and go. 
But Will and I, the founder, are so tight and we trust each other. We support each other. We always have each other's backs. And I think that's really what gives you the comfort to keep pushing forward. There's going to be times where things get very difficult, where you may have to pivot or, you know, business goes away. But if you're together, you're in it together, that really changes how you see things and it helps you push yourself forward. When it specifically comes to sales, you know, again, I want to touch upon like, just don't be afraid to reach out, like talk to people, you know, you know, your customer, you know, who your clients are, talk to your existing clients, leverage those existing customers and say, Hey, would you be willing to introduce me to some of your other colleagues that are in the same industry? And I think that is, that's, that's like the lowest hanging fruit, right? Is just go after the people that you know, in your industry and leverage them to help introduce you and make new connections to build your sales, right? And I'm sure you can speak to a lot of this in the work that you've done. But yeah, I think that's huge. I love it. And you know, I think it's so important to network and don't be afraid to hear no. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they say no, then I mean, there are like a billion gazillion other people in the world that you can go and hear yes from. So don't be afraid to hear no. Don't be afraid to face rejection. And also you mentioned partnerships because a lot of times people are operating in silos. And I think whether you're an entrepreneur, you're working within a company, like a salesperson at a company, I always knew who my partners were. If I'm talking to somebody and I can't help them or they need something else before we can start working together, I can send them, hey, go talk to this person. And then they're going to come back to me naturally because I've helped them solve the problem, right? So help the, be more customer centric and help them solve problems. And you sometimes, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so don't, you don't need to expect anything in return. I really like how you said that, like be willing to help with no expectations and trust Mm -hmm. that that person is going to remember you when it comes time, when you ask, when you need something from them or when you ask for something. So that's really key. That's really key. Yeah, absolutely. And so as we're wrapping up, why don't you share a success story with us um, that you guys, uh, there's something that you've worked on at WeHealth or at a previous company. Yeah, definitely. So for WeHealth specifically, as I'm sure you're aware, there are and always have been significant health disparities in minority communities. Now it's more apparent than ever, you know, when it comes to COVID-19 misinformation and vaccine access, And I mean, to give you an idea, half of all the people that are currently vaccinated with at least one dose are white, okay? And Mm. these numbers drop significantly in comparison to vaccine uptake in minority groups such as Asians, Hispanics, and African Americans. And that's just not okay. I mean, in today's society where these resources are readily available, but they're just not reaching these communities, right? So I think this can really be attributed to the issue of access and the availability of information about the vaccine that's not being effectively shared with these communities. So our focus as of late, you know, starting in Los Angeles County has been to create tools and provide resources that empower these minority groups and underserved members of society with trusted health information and access to vaccines. And I think Mm. what has been key in this engagement is partnering with community groups in LA, you know, Mm. churches, nonprofits, advocacy groups. And we recently launched this tool that makes it easy for anyone to find available vaccine appointments near them 
And in, a sh in just a short time, we launched this maybe a month ago, we've helped, you know, a few thousand people secure appointments seamlessly and get vaccinated. Mm. You know, it's That's just, awesome. it, it, it's, it's really incredible. And it just goes to show you the mm. power of social media. I know, you know, there's a lot of back and forth between, you know, is social media good? Is it evil? Right. But there's always tools in this world and they can be used for good and they can be used for bad. Right. But if you focus right. on the positive and focus on how you can use these tools to help underserved or make an impact on people that need it most, you know, that's what it's all about. And I, I really want to say like, none of this would have been possible if it weren't for the passion and dedication of our team and our community partners who have really volunteered their time to make all this happen. I mean, just right. to name a few people, you know, the founder of We Health Will, Ari Lippman of, of Mars Bio and Rod Monhi of, of Fovia Central, like these are some of the folks that have volunteered their time to be able to make an impact. And I think that's also, you know, that's a key point we touched upon is who's your team, right? Right, who's surrounding you? Who, who do you have surrounding you? And do they have the same mission that you have and the same vision? And it seems like you guys have really, you're all aligned on what the goal for the company is. And the work that you guys are doing is so important and so impactful because I know underserved communities are the access to the, the vaccines or telling people to go register online what if they don't have a computer yeah. right and so i think overcoming helping people come o overcome those barriers is, is the good work that you guys have been doing yeah and so i, I want to add one thing too and it's like all these public health leaders and everyone sitting at the top they're talking at these communities they're saying hey right. this is what you need to do but they're not mm -hmm. listening. They're not taking into account, like, what are those barriers? What are the messages? What are the channels that we need to have in place to enable mm -hmm. these communities to be able to yeah. have access and to the information, to the vaccines, you know? And I think that's the biggest difference is in our approach is like, we listen to our community partners. We never come to the table, say, hey, this is what we have. Here's the solution. We start by making it a conversation, you know, listen to them, listen to their issues, and then mm -hmm. develop the tools that empower them to do what they need to do. They know the best, you know, we can't mm -hmm. tell anybody how to do something or what to go and do. But what we can do is give them the information and the resources to be able to make those decisions for themselves. And I think that's mm -hmm. why it's been such a great you know, success so far. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. And what is the one best way that people can get in contact with you? Well, you can shoot me an email at murad at wehealth.io. Yeah, I would encourage your audience to connect with me if they have any questions or if I can help them in any way. I'm more than happy to do so because that's what we're here for, right? Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Murad, for educating us on WeHealth and talking about passion and leading to more increased sales and profits. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. And that was another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Remember to leave us a review, like, and share this episode so everyone can learn about how working in your passion will ultimately lead to profits. And remember in everything that you do, transform your sales. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. 
Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.